And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Big Football Show. I'm joined with the esteemed Wisconsin beat writer at The Athletic, Jesse Temple. I am Ari, the loser who can't pick a game correctly. Um, I guess we'll just start off uh, with the Friday edition of the show where we offer you gambling picks by letting Jesse gloat. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Thanks for giving me the floor, Ari. Uh, I may not have a better week than I had last week. I went 5-1 and one and you went 1-5, and five, so I'm feeling pretty good about myself after what happened. You and I differed on four picks I got all four of them right. You thought Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Nebraska would cover. Uh, I went with Northwestern, Indiana, Rutgers, and Illinois against the spread in those games. I guess you were feeling good about the favorites. but uh, So that's that brings my season total against the spread to 17-10, and 10, and you're now 12-15. and 15, So you've got some catching up to do. Well, 17-10 and 10 is super profitable. Yeah, if you're listening to me... Uh, you could probably buy a Maserati. I mean, it depends how much you threw on these games. Yeah, but if uh, you, you're sitting pretty. If your unit is a thousand a game, uh, you're doing pretty good because every Jesse pick is a five-unit play. So, um, yeah, I have had a really hard time pegging the Big Ten this year, and you know, I think part of the reason why is I'm zero and five in Michigan games. Uh, no matter what side I pick, I'm wrong. So as we give you. Uh, the picks the day after Thanksgiving while you're at Black Friday and you're typing in your bets and your cell phone and with your bookies. Let's just start right at the place where I know for sure I'm going to lose. Jesse, Michigan uh, is hosting Penn State this weekend um, and is laying two and a half points. Uh, I think the spread opened at two, so there's action going on Michigan right now. I can't explain that. Why don't you try? Yeah, I may have said Michigan State on the outset. You picked Michigan. That was that Rutgers triple overtime game for me. Um Maybe that was enough to convince me that Michigan is a capable football team, but I just have no confidence in Penn State whatsoever. The, the Nittany Lions have one of the worst turnover margins in the country. It's number 120 nationally, and they've turned the ball over 15 times. They committed four turnovers that led to 24 points uh, in the Iowa game last week, and Iowa won that 141-21. I think Michigan did find a spark, even though that was uh, probably not what any Wolverines fan envisioned going down to Rutgers and requiring three overtimes. Uh, because Michigan, they, they give the ball away the fewest times, and they've got Cade McNamara, who, who really showed something special last week in that overtime win. He threw for 260 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. For those reasons, I'm laying the points on Michigan in this one, because I have zero confidence in Penn State, which is winless. So you have confidence in Michigan? It's a matter of me not having confidence in Penn State. I mean, it's not like I think Michigan is some great football team, but... Between these two programs, which do you think is in a better spot? I picked Minnesota 
playing Michigan in week one, uh, thinking that Minnesota was going to be a Big Ten West contender and Michigan was going to be down, and then Michigan won by 100. Every single week since, I've picked Michigan to win. I picked Michigan not to only win, but to cover the spread. Um, I picked them last week uh, against Rutgers, and that didn't work out in my favor. I picked them the week before against Wisconsin, despite the fact that I wasn't sure Wisconsin had enough players to field the actual team on the field. They lost by 100. I picked them against Indiana. They got destroyed. I picked them against Michigan State. They lost. I can't do it anymore. And I don't know if it's like the reason uh, why I'm probably going to end up with this game. The spread seems to be moving in Michigan's direction. Maybe they're feeling good. Maybe they found something with Cade McNamara. I don't know. But how on earth in good fortune could you possibly lay points on if you're betting on Michigan right now? I don't know how you could do it. Um... This will be the week I finally flip and just say I'm done. Uh, I am done. I'm not putting another dime on Michigan. I'm not putting another uh, piece of my reputation on the line on Michigan. I am I'm taking the points. Penn State has shown a more uh, noticeable pulse than Michigan has. I don't know that not losing to Rutgers in double overtime because Rutgers missed a field goal is a exclamation point on your resume uh, for a confidence standpoint. I don't know what the redeeming value of what Michigan brings to the table is from a gambling standpoint. I think Penn State um, is going to win this football game on the road despite the fact they've got a terrible history in that stadium. I have no confidence whatsoever in Michigan even showing a glimmer of, of, of competence. I'm glad that you're making a different pick right off the bat because you have obviously some catching up to do. But I have I feel like I have to call you out on this that it seems as though you're basically pontificating out of your tuchus right now, just because, uh, you know, to say that uh, how can you have any confidence in Michigan in this game? I know you haven't picked correctly for them, but it's not like they're two touchdowns favorites here. They're, they're less than a field goal favorite against a team that is absolutely terrible, maybe the, one of the worst in Penn State history that continually turns the ball over. And to say that Penn State is coming off a better situation than Michigan, they lost by 20 points to Iowa and turned the ball over four times. So Did just, you say tuchus? I certainly said it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to pretend like Penn State is some sort of like knight in shining armor coming on this undefeated horse or something. I'm just telling you, uh, having lost every single Michigan pick that I have and continually being let down and astonished by how poor they were playing, I'm not going to lay points. Nobody gets points against Michigan. They'll be lucky enough to win the football game. I'm not. I'm not laying any points. I'm taking okay. Penn State. Also, there's a strategy to this. You are picking first because I have to fade every one of your picks to get back into this thing here. I, I knew so, you, uh, this is ridiculous. We should have written it down beforehand. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to purposely pick against me. But I'm not betting on myself. I'm not betting on myself. I'm betting against you, Jesse. So let's go to the next one. Um, do you want me to go first this time to show you that I'm not cheating? Yeah, I think it's about time. I have gone first every time we've done this show, so feel free. Okay, I will um, start Northwestern minus 13 and a half at Michigan State. Um, I like Northwestern here, and that is an overreaction potentially or the appropriate reaction to the way I picked last week. Um, I took Wisconsin last week. I didn't fade your Badgers, something that you had been doing the previous two games before it, and then you faded them again. I just thought, I don't know how you can keep doing this, and everything you said about what happened in the Northwestern game happened. It was like a rerun of every other game in Evanston that those teams, those two teams have ever played. And if I was ever going to steal a pick from you, Jesse, it should have been that one. Um, but Northwestern's defense is outstanding. I think they've got a competent enough offense. Um, 13 and a half is so many points. 
but I also think that Michigan State um, has a, a pretty challenging situation happening on that end. So I I think that Northwestern can win this game comfortably. I think they can win by 14. I also think Northwestern now is the un. I mean, there's no question in my mind that they're going to be playing as an undefeated team in the in the Big Ten championship game now. So, you know, at this point, if they want to assert themselves as a top 10 team in the playoff, congratulations to um, Pat Fitzgerald. But I think these fighting Reese Davises can beat Michigan State by more than two scores. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm glad you threw in the fighting Reese Davises. What a, what a great uh, rallying cry that uh, I certainly wouldn't have seen coming at the start of the week. Michigan State scored a total of seven points in its last two games. Losses against Iowa and Indiana. It's not going to get any easier against Northwestern. You talk about how good the Wildcats' defense is. Wisconsin came into that game averaging 47 points in its first two games, and Northwestern won 17-7 and forced five Badgers turnovers. It was a quintessential Wisconsin-Northwestern game. It just so happens that this is one of the better Wildcats teams that Wisconsin has had to go down there and face. And Michigan State just doesn't have much going offensively right now. The Spartans rank 115th in the FBS in time of possession. Northwestern 17th. So I think Northwestern controls the clock and wears down Michigan State. I'm laying the points on Northwestern. Okay, so now you're gonna you're gonna tail me so that you can protect your lead. Is that what's going on? Nope. See, you're always gonna find an angle here, Ari. That's, Maybe uh, I'm yeah. just a better picker than you are. Uh, oh, okay, but so that and I feel like I'm gonna hit that play then. Um, okay, next one. Do you want me to go again first? You do whatever you feel is necessary in order to catch up. Okay, uh, you go ahead and go first. Maryland at Indiana. I I just want I'm gonna. I'll let you talk first, but I'm going to give my play first. I like Indiana minus 11 and a half. Go. I do too. I'm picking the favorites uh, so far, and maybe it's just because we've seen enough of these teams, but Maryland's had to cancel two consecutive games uh, against Ohio State and Michigan State because of concerns about COVID-19 within the program. So the Terps haven't played since November 7th. That was a win against Penn State. Indiana's the third best team in the Big Ten right now behind Ohio State and Northwestern. And I thought they... Performed very well, obviously, against the Buckeyes and, and really put a scare into them. And I, I bring up Michael Penix Jr. almost every week, but the dude threw for 491 yards and five touchdowns against Ohio State. So I'm picking Indiana to cover. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah, I uh, will say last week that um, I didn't give Indiana enough credit going into the Ohio State game. And granted, the the score was 35-7 at one point, and everything that I thought would happen did happen for the first three quarters of that game, partially because Indiana shot itself in the foot a few times, partially because the athlete situation was pretty clear. And then Ohio State took their foot off the gas. They showed some weakness in their secondary, and Indiana never gave up, popped these big plays, and got back into this football game. And I think that that was... 
uh, a nice showing from a team that could have lied down and just gotten out of the stadium and, and left going back and feeling like the, the old school Indiana. But no, they, they came back and they played a tough game and now they are the number 12 team in the college football playoff. And, you know, frankly speaking, are Ohio State's two potential main bullet points uh, along with Northwestern for their playoff resume, which in 2020 is a hilarious thing to say out loud, but it's true. Um, Indiana now, I, I don't know. You know what? I, I think I'm going to change my pick. Of course you are, Ari, now that you've heard me uh Well, here's the play. I think, I think if we're being honest, the play here is probably the over at 63 because um, I, I like what Maryland has with Tua, I mean, uh, Tagovailoa, baby Tua, <laughs> as their uh, starting quarterback and Rakim Jarrett. I, that team can score some points, so I think the over is the play. 63 seems like a lot. I don't think it really is. Um but Jesse, the reason why I'm not isn't because I don't think Indiana is good or that I'm going back and reverting back to what I thought about them. The reason why I'm changing my pick is A, because you picked them, and B, because I don't know if you can just emotionally get up every week. And they were emotionally high for the Wisconsin or the um, Penn State game to open the season. They were emotionally high to beat Michigan despite the fact that, you know, they did it pretty easily. You have to get emotionally ready to play a game because we didn't know what Michigan was at that point yet. Um, they were high, um, again, to play at Ohio State, and at a certain point, you just return home. You feel good about yourself as a double-digit favorite, and you have a letdown. And I don't know. I'm not trying to fade Tom Allen. I'm not trying to fade Indiana because I'm very impressed with what he's built there and what that team is this year. But I just think from an emotional standpoint, this seems like a very predictable place for a team like Maryland who can score a ton of points to make this a little bit closer than we think it is. So I'm sorry for changing my pick. I'll go first on the next one. Um, well, Ari, you have nothing to lose but your dignity here. Yeah, well, I'm, I I think that uh, I, a, I have to make a move to try to catch you again. But B, I, I just like ta- thinking about it and talking about it. I just kind of changed my mind because letdowns happen in college football quite regularly. And it wouldn't surprise me if this game was 31 to 28 at the end of the game, um, like at the end of the game. And then, you know, a toss up from there and the 11 and a half is out of reach. Um, Nebraska at Iowa, Iowa minus 13 and a half. I'm hitting Iowa. Um, Nebraska last week, let me down in the biggest possible way. They got in bear. I, I honestly, of any fan base in college football, more so than Michigan, more so than Michigan State right now, more so than Penn State, I feel so bad for Nebraska's fan base because they can't have anything. Yeah, I'm 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 rolling with Iowa on this one, and, and you may be listening to this after kickoff because this is an early game on Friday, Black Friday. Uh, so depending on when you're listening to this, maybe we're both right, maybe we're both wrong, but Iowa's won this game five years in a row and six out of the last seven, and there's no doubt in my mind that Iowa's the better football team again this season. Are they two touchdowns better? I think so. Nebraska just lost 41-23 to Illinois. And my favorite part about that game is what happened afterward because the Illinois Athletic Department Twitter account added insult to injury by telling uh, in a tweet saying, good game, Nebraska. Thanks for bringing back Big Ten football. Uh, ultimately, they deleted it, so someone must have not been too pleased yeah. with that. But when you are getting trolled by Illinois, your program is not in a very good spot. Whoever deleted uh, it is just... <laughs> It's just keep it up there, man. It's sports. It's fun. Talking crap is fun. You don't yeah, have that, to. that was great. To me, this is a pretty mind-blowing stat about the state of Nebraska's defense right now. On third downs, uh, what percentage do you think uh, they're allowing teams to convert first downs right now? Nebraska? Yeah. 72%. Well, I guess I sold that one too much. It's 54%. <laughs> 54%, which is the worst in the Big Ten. That's ridiculous. 
more than half the time you're going to give up first down on third down. You'll never get off the field. So anyway, I think Iowa piles up yards on the ground and Nebraska's offense. And Iowa's continue. been pummeling people. Yeah, they've and, won and three so also, They've looked you, good. You have to also go with the hot hand here. And while you're listening to this, I'm going to be Black Friday shopping, trying to find a flat screen TV for 17 bucks. you know, see what I can do. Uh, go to the mall. So I'll have to be checking in on my phone and uh, Jesse tailed me on that, so maybe it's not as important to me as it used to be. So I'm going to go second on this one. I feel like and you should I'll, have to go first from here on out because at least I'm honest with my picks. You just get no, you just go all willy-nilly off the rails. No, no, there's there's some uh, strategy involved here too, but um, you can go first for Rutgers at Purdue, minus 10.5 for Purdue, and I'll go first on the last pick. All right. Uh, 10.5 feels like a lot for me with Purdue. The, the, the Boilermakers are reeling a bit. They've lost consecutive games to Northwestern and Minnesota. I know Rutgers is just 1-4 and four and lost a triple overtime game against Michigan, but um, I just I think Rutgers keeps it close enough, and it's sort of similar, at least in my mind, to how you described the Indiana-Maryland game, where maybe it's a close game at the end and that two-possession situation is out of reach. I mean, Rondell Moore is back, and that's a real factor for Purdue. But uh, I just they lost to Minnesota with him back, so it's not like they put up sixty and, and won that game. So I, I'm I'm with Rutgers on this one. So first of all, I want everybody to know too that Jesse's. I just want to make sure that I picked Purdue last week, right? Uh, I'm fairly certain that I did. Who did they play? I don't even remember. They played on Thursday uh, night, and we both got the game wrong. With the first oh, we game, did? the first game we both got the game wrong. I was own one, and I got the last five. So you went five and one, and the one game you lost was the worst gambling loss in the history of mankind. Did you see the way that game ended last week? The I game didn't even ended with what that happened last week, right? <laughs> okay, well, Purdue. Everybody who gambled on this game is never going to forget it for the rest of their life. But Purdue scored a touchdown uh, in the last minute of the game, and there was a, an offensive pass interference call um, on Purdue that was the worst call I think anybody's ever seen. There was barely any, if if any, contact whatsoever. It pulled the, con- the the touchdown off the board. That would have been the game-winning touchdown at Minnesota. And what it turned out to be um, on the next play was an interception, and then Minnesota ended up winning. And it was it shouldn't count as a gambling loss on my record. It certainly shouldn't on yours. You went 6-0 and last week. I went 2-4 uh, and four, um, because we were right on that game. It just didn't work out that way because of a terrible officiating call. And if you haven't seen it and you're listening – I encourage you to go look at it because I'm not over-exaggerating when saying it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life, especially considering the fact that it determined the outcome of the game. So um, I love Purdue here in this spot. Um, so if you're taking Rutgers, I promise you I'm not doing this to fade you. I'm doing it because I like David Bell. I like Rondale Moore. I like Purdue to be uh, return home angry and upset that they didn't get the win that they deserved last week. Rutgers is coming off a two-overtime game where – um, they might be beat up a little bit. I think that Purdue has a chance here to put up a ton of points and to cover that spread with ease. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, and then I'll go into the last one here, Jesse. Um, Ohio State minus 28.5 at Illinois. I know that this is going to sound predictable, but um, Ohio State's defense has definitely shown some warts. I'm not necessarily sure that I believe that Ohio State is the national championship favorite anymore, like I did going into last week, but I do think that if Ohio State can't score, uh, cover 30 points or 28 and a half against Illinois, there's a there's a major problem. Um, I still think that you know something uh, will give up on, uh, on defense and Illinois will get some points, but I, I'm going to run back the same score that I ran last week for the Illinois game or the Indiana game, and I would have been right, by the way, if things would have continued because... 35 to 7 seemed really, really on pace to get into 55 17, but I'm picking 55 17 again. I think this is one of the best Ohio State uh, offenses of my uh, lifetime. And I also think that, um, you know, angry and upset and frustrated with the way things gone, that Illinois is really getting them at, the bad, at, a, at a pretty bad spot here. First of all, do you know how ridiculous you sound by saying I would have been right, but then I was completely wrong? Yeah, I mean, I was right. Out there. I was right. Uh, until the middle of the third quarter, and that's not how gambling works. I get that. But if you watched the game, and I'm assuming you did, if you watched the Ohio State-Indiana game, you go back and listen to my analysis of that game from last week. I turned out to be wrong, but the analysis was spot on. It felt so right. It was right. I mean, it was 35-7. Ohio State out-athleted Indiana for three and a half quarters. They got up by 100. They took their foot off the gas. They had some deficient defensive deficiencies that roared their their ugly head at the end of the game. Indiana didn't give up. They played like it was the Super Bowl for four quarters. Ohio State played like it was the Super Bowl for five minutes, and it turned out to be a closer game than I thought. Um, but in terms of the analysis of what those two teams were, I think we all know what those two teams are. And Illinois is much, much worse uh, than Indiana, and you're laying one more touchdown. I know it's on the road. I know that their stadium is a wind tunnel, but 55-17 Ohio State. Yeah, so Illinois has shown signs of life here by winning two games in a row against Rutgers and Nebraska. And generally, when we've been doing these picks, I've hesitated to pick a heavy favorite to cover the spread. There's a couple instances in which I picked up games on you from Ohio State, last week being one of them. The Buckeyes were a massive favorite. Uh, they were 20.5-point favorites against Indiana. I think they were massive favorites against Rutgers and didn't cover either. But I really believe Ohio State is out to make a statement this week. I, I think this is... This is just a a big-time game for them because they're undefeated, yet ranked number four in the initial college football playoff rankings behind one loss, Clemson. And Ohio State only beat Indiana by seven points last week, and Indiana's quarterback, as I said before, almost threw for 500 yards. So I think Justin Fields goes off, the defense bows up, and Ohio State covers. So this is like the first time that I'm picking them as a massive favorite, uh, but I do think this is sort of statement week time for Ohio State. Yeah. Well, now that we've got the Wisconsin beat writer on this podcast, um, why don't you do me a favor before we get out of here, Jesse, because I love to hear your insight on Wisconsin. Uh, last week, how did the team take it? Uh, that tough loss against Northwestern, was it, it clearly was in line with what you expected, but 
Um, did it kind of change your perspective of like what this team is dealing with? And now that their game is canceled again, like just where is that program right now? Well, it's certainly changed my perspective about Wisconsin being a Big Ten title contender and potentially a college football playoff team, because if Wisconsin had won that game, you're looking at a team that is in the top eight, top six, maybe, depending on how well they performed in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, But obviously that's not what happened. It was what we've seen a lot of times at Ryan Field. And I mentioned Northwestern's defense before. Uh, They deserve a lot of credit because Graham Mertz looked like a freshman, really for the first time in his young college career. He didn't play all that well against Michigan, uh, but he had been in the Big Ten 21-day protocol after coming down with COVID-19 after the opener. He turned the ball over four times. He was intercepted three times. He fumbled the ball. And they didn't have Wisconsin also didn't have any playmakers. Their top two wide receivers, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, were not available for the game, which we, who cover the team, didn't know until about 45 minutes before kickoff. And if I had known that, uh, I mean, geez, who knows if we had known that, what you know, how we would have picked things. But uh, that was substantial. So it really showed there was a hole in, in the playmakers at wide receiver. Anyway, it was Northwestern's a better football team. They showed it. And to me, this is just sort of Wisconsin football is good, but not quite great. I mean, that's that's where they've been. They've been so close. I so thought it was times. different this year. And that's what when that's what they led us to believe after a couple games. But it's obviously not. The defense is elite. I mean, to me, that's obvious. And it's not like Northwestern is an offensive juggernaut, but there was a stretch in the second half where Wisconsin forced Northwestern's offense to go three and out five consecutive possessions. None of those possessions lasted longer than a minute. Four of those five possessions resulted in only one or two yards. So it's still got a good defense. They got some issues on offense. And to bring it back to this week, I'm just disappointed that we don't get to see Wisconsin-Minnesota this week. That is... The most played rivalry in the FBS. Those teams have played every year since 1907. And obviously Minnesota has issues within its program with COVID-19. So can you imagine, by the way, if Wisconsin had beaten Northwestern, would have been a top eight team and would not have been eligible for the Big Ten Championship because this was the third canceled game for Wisconsin, thus falling below the six-game threshold that you would need to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. So... That would have been an even worse quintessential 2020 situation, but I hope the Big Ten does what I think should be right, and during that Champions Week, December 19th, just matches up Minnesota and Wisconsin. Because quite honestly, who cares about number three versus number three or number two versus number two? They're basically yeah. exhibitions, if it's not for the Big Ten Championship. So the I one hope beauty Ten about this it. season, Jesse, is that if nothing else is normal, then why not just like embrace the weird and create matchups when given the opportunity that people want to see? And, and let people just enjoy games that are available. You know, you don't have to stick to any plan because there is no plan. There's no plan. Um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in the fact that Wisconsin isn't going to be able to play a, a rivalry game, but also not be able to play um, for a potential playoff spot and to be the team that Ohio State matches up with, presumably in the Big Ten Championship game. The other thing I wanted to ask you before we go, do you think Northwestern is legit enough to push Ohio State? Defensively, I think... I think they can give Ohio State some problems. I mean, I, I don't, you know, Ohio State is such a quick strike team that if they score a couple touchdowns, I do wonder about Northwestern's offensive ability. Um, but they've been to a Big Ten championship game before, so it's not like it's uncharted territory for Pat Fitzgerald. I still think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten, and, and they're going to win, and, and they're going to be a playoff team, though. 
All right, guys, there you have it. Jesse uh, Moneymaker Temple and Ari Loser Wasserman uh, uh, giving out some picks again. I guess right now you got to go with the hot hand and, and go with Jesse, but I'm feeling pretty good this week. Uh, or maybe just pick the ones that we both agreed on since he started tailing me at the end there. Incorrect. We're, we're differing on two games. Uh, I don't know if that's enough for you to catch up, but it'll be a good start if you can get there. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your holiday. Uh, enjoy your Black Friday shopping. And most importantly, enjoy the games, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah.